Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation starts. Sit back and listen as we talk to the authors who take you to different places every time you turn those pages. If you enjoy what you hear, give us a like, share with a friend, reach out. We want to hear from you. Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. We are excited. We have Tanya Ross. Tanya, did I say it right? Which Tanya. I got myself mixed up. I was I was practicing and I got myself mixed up. How embarrassing. I told you. you in there, even though it's not there. Yeah. I told you I was totally gonna mess it up. I, you know, I don't think I could get anything right some days. It's one of those days. You guys. Let's welcome Tanya to the porch tonight. How are you doing, Tanya? I'm doing great. It's so fun to be here. And I'm really, really excited about being able to talk about my novel. So, so thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing this wonderful piece of work that you have because, you know, I was telling you before we came live, I absolutely love your covers. The covers are so artistic and so beautiful. I was just amazed at the artwork. I think it's it's beautiful. I don't even know how to explain how beautiful it is. Well, thank you. I have an amazing cover artist. Um, her name is Natasha McKenzie. I got her through Reedsy. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just so thrilled that I grabbed her up um, because when I first started, I, I went with a pre-made cover to begin with because I thought, oh, I don't know whether or not I really want to invest any money in this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how this is going to go with this novel. And so I got this pre-made and it just never, it just never made me happy. It was very dark. And so when I heard Natasha on a Reedsy um, program, I thought, wow, she sounds just amazing. And so when I contacted her and I told her, I, I go, you know what, you have carte blanche. I want you to be the, the mind and the artist behind the whole thing. So thank you. I think she is too, a super amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I just want to give you a quick introduction because we've had a great chat over the past 15 minutes. So I got to know a little bit more about you, but I want our audience to know some more about you. So um, welcome to the Author's Porch. I'm super excited to have you. Tanya is, or Tanya, I did it again. My goodness. <laughs> okay, my I'm in full first. It's all right. <laughs> well, thank God it wasn't by me. <laughs> so Tanya is the author of Rising Up, which is a one of, it, it is book one of the Tranquility series. The series is a young adult dystopian sci-fi. And let me tell you guys, it's good. I have been reading it over the past week. Think about Hunger Games meets Divergent. Yes, ma'am. And yes, sir. I just said that. But Tanya's journey did not start with just this book. It started in the world of education years ago. She dedicated her life to educating our children for 32 years. And when she was done educating, not done educating our children, she finished educating our children and went to entertaining the young adults and adults because I'm 43 and I'm reading these books and having a great time. I told her the exact point where I was in the book. And it's a very, very interesting part of the book. And I'm not going to tell y'all because you got to read it. Uh, <laughs> so, and now she's entertaining, you know, the young adults and the adults of the world. And 
you know, I, I'm thrilled that you're doing this because to go from the world of education to come up with these, these, this story in particular, um, you know, a lot of people think that people in the educational world don't have these type of imaginations, right? They don't, that people don't think that you could go from, cause you worked in, you were in English. I saw that you were in English and what other departments did you work in? What other? In English, history. Um, I also taught a program called AVID, which is to prepare kids from underserved families to mm -hmm. get ready to go to college. We, you know, motivate them and prepare them. And then I also was the um, ASB teacher. So I did student leadership and yeah. did really fun things with the kids through student leadership. So how did you go from a world that was very much in a square box for lack of better words to, to this really building your, your own world? Cause that you built a whole world. Like I, and I love it. I'm not going to lie. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when, as a teacher, I always considered myself not just an instructor, but an entertainer. And so the creativity, you know, in my mind was always there. I was always trying to come up with interesting or different ways to present the subject matter. Mm -hmm. And so when I retired, I knew that I had to have a creative outlet. And, you know, I had always wanted to write an, a book. And so when I was able to finally let go of the educational um, part of my life, uh, which was very hard, even though it was time for me, I felt time for me to go. Um, I needed that, that kind of space where I could just go to another place and just exercise, you know, what was going on in my mind. So that's, yeah. So it was a perfect transition for me. And I love that because I often find myself that creative outlet allows me to basically take everything that's just running wild in my brain. I feel like that's what's happening. It's just running wild and just let it release so that I feel calm and collective and I can breathe in a, in a good manner. Do you feel that it allows you to uh, see clearly when you write? No, um, actually it doesn't. I, I become so wrapped up in the story and the characters it gives me a lot of angst actually um, and I become very obsessed with the story and the characters to the point where I actually dream about these people and yeah they come in and out of my dreams it's so much a part of my subconscious so it has become um, almost like a second life to me and and it doesn't let me go like it doesn't, it doesn't allow me to just kind of float away. I am like in it um, so much of the time, um, along with my, my regular so-called boring life. Um, <laughs> yeah, that other, that other life, that other place in tranquility is just um, pretty real for me. So. Wow. And so this is the first, how many books are going to be in the series? Do you know, or are you just kind of letting the characters write themselves? I didn't want to call it a trilogy because I didn't know when I set out, I thought, gosh, I might not be finished with it in three books. Mm -hmm. So I called it a series 
Um, I am not still sure. I'm in, I'm just beginning to write book number three. And so I don't know where it's going to go with these characters. Um, there are going to be some major things happening and it may wrap up at the end. But if I'm not ready to let go of the characters, then I don't want to have to, you know? Yeah. I want to be able to have that, that open door um, where I can go further if I want to. Yeah. And it, has it always been young adult? Have you always wanted to write young adult? Or is it just this genre and this character, this story grabbed you? I wanted to write a story for the kids, basically, that I taught. Because I know who they are and I know their mindset and I know some of the things that they struggle with and the things that they go through. So for me, that was a natural step was to write something that I thought they would like to read. And I don't necessarily want to only write young adult novels. I mean, I have in the back of my mind, a paranormal romance that I'm kind of stirring around mm -hmm. in there. Um, as well, which is completely foreign um, to what's going on with these books. But um, yeah, the young adult was just, you know, it's like, I want to write something for them. You know, I want to be able to appeal to to that age group still. Yeah. Yeah, I, when I wrote um, my first young adult, the last book that I released, and I never... I just wrote it because the characters came to me and gave me a story. I tell, I tell people that I'm a narrator. I don't, I don't write stories. I don't call myself an author. I call myself a narrator because stories come to me and make me narrate them on the paper. And, um, and I didn't even know it was young adult until I wrote it. And I was telling a friend of mine about it. And she said, that's young adult. I'm like, Oh, I never intended to write young adult because even though I have two college children, I, I have no idea what they think. <laughs> like, I have no clue. So uh, God bless their souls, but they're, they're a conundrum to me. Um, so I find it fascinating um, when you understand the way they think and, and you can write specific to a genre because you understand, um, I guess, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is, where they're going and, and how they react to certain situations and stuff. I think that's very interesting. So did you uh, self-publish or traditionally publish? I did a self-publish okay. um, because at this age, I didn't want to start the whole process of going out and querying agents and all of that. I thought, you know what, I want to write and I just want to get my stuff out there without having to go through all of that rigmarole. So that's why I went that direction. Yeah. Now, had you thought of publishing when you were younger? Was it something that you dreamed of doing when you were younger? Or did you always know you were going to wait until after you retired? I pretty much knew I would have to wait because what a lot of people don't really know is with teaching, there isn't a lot of spare time. I mean, you don't walk out of the classroom and go, oh, well, I'm done and I'll see you tomorrow. It isn't like that. You carry that with you and you're grading papers and you're doing lesson plans and you're, you know, you're calling parents and you're doing all of those things throughout your evening hours. Yeah. And so, you know, between that and raising a family, there was just no way that I could put the energy into writing a book. 
um, as badly as I wanted to do that for years, I wanted to do it. And I just, I knew that it would be a colossal failure if I tried to wedge that in with everything else. Yeah, it's very hard. A dear friend of mine is a, a teacher and an author, and we have a lot of conversations because she wants so dearly to write more and, and, and she struggles with finding the time. And um, she's like, I have so many stories, CJ, and I just, I just can't get them down and I don't have the time and I'm like I I understand and you know and I'm in my office seven days a week just writing away and publishing and and doing you know and I, I feel so bad and, and I actually when I retired from the military wanted to be a teacher and I say thank God for unanswered prayers because <laughs> <laughs> what you guys do is is so amazing I I realize now that I'm definitely not equipped for that. You know, it, it didn't take me very long to realize that. So <laughs> when, um, do you think that um, you would traditionally publish if the opportunity came up or are you tied to the self-publishing? I think if somebody offered me a great deal, how could I say no, you know, but, yeah. but it scares me a little bit when I worry about giving up the rights to my own stuff. Um, I want to be able to be in control of, of, my, of my novel and of my characters and all of that. So, mm -hmm. so that would be, um, it would be a definite consideration um, that I would have to really think about if that were to come my way. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's hard because there's, contracts and you almost have to be a lawyer in right. order to understand the contracts nowadays right i'd have to get a lawyer for sure i wouldn't be able to just sign sign that and go oh, it's all good you know yeah you have to hire a lawyer to understand the contract right. so uh we were talking about how you love to read and one of your favorite joys in life is reading what genre do you read I write, I, honestly, I'm all over the place. Um, I'm reading one right now that is, that is kind of a, it's an indie author and I'm trying to support her, but it's a, a kind of a fantasy, you know, time portal kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, which is great. But, you know, I love things like the Pillars of the Earth, which was historical fiction. Um, I do like sci-fi, you know, I love the Wool series by Hugh Howie. Um, I thought it was just amazing, totally got into that world. Um, I love classics like Little Women. I grew up, grew up on Nancy Drew. Um, oh, you know, Nancy Drew. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I love like, you know, I love Outlander. So I'm just like everywhere, you know, I read all kinds of things and, and they all, all those genres just have so many cool things to offer um, that I don't want to just say, oh no, I'm only reading this, you know, um, because you just get so much, so much more of a richer experience by reading different kinds of genres, I think. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, I want to say that I don't, I think the last um, traditionally published book that I read was To Kill a Mockingbird. And it was not when I was in school because I was telling a friend of mine that I met through uh, reading um, that I didn't read all the great classics in school. So I couldn't tell you 
what happened in all the great classical books because I didn't read them in school. But I, I finally read, uh, early, not earlier this year, but the end of last year, I finally read To Kill a Mockingbird. But other than that, over the past three years since I started writing, I think I read predominantly indie author books uh, versus traditionally published. Before that, it was mostly Nora Roberts because I like girl crush her. I, I love, love love her but indie author books I absolutely love them um I I read them like I was saying three books a week most mostly uh, you know I'm just like ferociously going through them I just can't get enough of them because there's so many different perspectives and so much so much out there to read I feel like I've got to read I've got to read everything <laughs> like you know that saying you know too many books in so little time it's yeah. true so many books in so little time yeah so um what is your process are you a pantser a plotter do you let the characters like i was saying write themselves or do you already know do you have it plotted out i am a pantser i mean i i pretty much have an idea about what the story is gonna you know cover and some of the situations that the characters are going to get into um but you know, every time I sit down to plot, and I, I really, I'm trying to be a plotter for book number three. I, I keep thinking, I really need to get this down. I really need to just plan this out and outline it and, and all of that. But it seems so dead to me when I do that. It just, it just doesn't have the same kind of investment for me. You know, when I'm in it and I'm writing it and the characters are carrying me along, it changes my whole, you know, idea structure and and it just kind of writes itself and mm -hmm. surprises me in so many ways. And so because of that, you know, I just cannot get into the put it down on paper ahead of time kind of thing you know at least not in anything that's super structured so so yeah I'm just <laughs> I'm just really really a pantser I think yeah I, I'm the same way I can't if it becomes structured I get bored and I'm like mm, my character didn't want to do that so I guess I'm not writing this book <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. My yeah. characters write themselves. They basically tell me what to do. And I'm like, okay, don't get bossy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. They, they can. They'll be like, um, no, I don't want to date that person. I want to date this person. No, I'm not dying now. I'm dying later. You know, I mean, they, and I think for me, it, make, it makes the process a lot funner too. Yeah, right? more so, fun. It's almost like you're reading it and writing it at the same time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you get carried away and, and get get into situations that you go, well, whoa, now I'm going to have to get myself out of this. You know, it's yeah. kind of like one of those mystery rooms that you end, end up in, you know, that you paint it. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> it's very similar, except it's just in your head. Yeah. So is mystery a genre you thought about writing in? I have not really thought about mystery. Um, you know, Rising Up has some elements of mystery in it. Um, There's a lot. I yeah. love it. <laughs> the second book also has elements of mystery in it. So I just kind of like to keep those, those undertones there. 
um, without going into a full-on mystery. Um, I don't think I'll probably go down that road. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a mysterious person. Like I could. I'm. I'm such a lighthearted rainbow unicorn goofball. Trip over my own two feet. Run into a wall. Uh, you know fall down, fall upstairs type of person. I couldn't write a mystery. So I'm not into that either. But why don't you tell us just a little bit about your book? Because if I started telling it, I would tell like all the secrets because <laughs> I'm, like I said, I'm like 40% done. And as soon as we get off here, I'm going and washing my face, getting all the makeup off and I'm heading over with my Kindle to read some more. Wonderful. Well, the, the book, the story does take place in a domed city called Tranquility. And this has come about because these people have survived something bad. It, it was probably a great war, which I referred to um, toward the beginning of the book, where everything is just like completely trashed. Um, and so the city, you know, springs up, you know, they, they enclose it in a dome, but they want to make sure that nothing bad ever happens to them again. And so they are hell bent on illuminating the, the negativity um, that leads to things like war and, and horrible things that people have to deal with mentally and physically. And so they've eliminated sickness and they've, um, because it's a hundred years in the future. So they've, they've gotten to the point where technology is so amazing. And part of their technology is a wrist device that the people sign a contract to wear. Um, it's called an alt. Um, and by the way, that that shortened term comes from the word altitude, um, which is because when they wear this alt and everything that they do, they are supposed to be happy and they're supposed to be positive. So they go out of their way to do things that make them happy and make other people happy. And, you know, there's no frowning faces in tranquility because everything gets picked up on their wrist device on this alt. And what that means to them is yeah. that they're, there's, standard of living corresponds to this device that they wear on their wrist. And they are literally put into levels of status and they level up and level down based on these points that they accumulate on their alt. Mm. Which sounds really lovely and, and amazing. I mean, who wouldn't want a world like that, right? Where everybody's just like la-di-da and, you know, like the, <laughs> the unicorns, right? Yes. Um, but unfortunately, you know, there is um, something going on underneath the surface, as in all dystopian um, novels. Um, a young girl, she's 16, her name is Ember, and she has her own burden to carry because she's an empath. So not only does she have to deal with her own emotions, but she absorbs the emotions of other people around her. So she's really battling it. She, you know, she kind of closes herself off. Um, she doesn't really go out much. And then something horrible happens. Her mother gets sick. And this is just a bizarre event because no one gets sick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, her mother ends up at the hospital and her mother, um, and this is really not a spoiler, but her mother does die. Mm -hmm. And so she's asking questions like, how could this be happening? And of course, she can't, and she's not allowed to grieve. That's a negative emotion. That's yep. not going to be something that the city is going to approve. And so she starts going out and figuring, okay, I'm just going to have to pull it together. But she just, she's really just devastated and, and wants to know what's going on with her mom. 
and she has no one to turn to. There's no doubt in the picture. And so that's where things start to get interesting as she meets the secondary character, whose name is Will, um, who comes to her rescue and um, becomes a, a love interest. So, yeah. so that's kind of the crux of the story. And he helps her try to uncover what in the heck has happened here um, with, <laughs> with her life. Yeah, and that's right where I'm at in the book. That's right where I'm at is that that pivotal moment where things are starting to get to that that moment where you're like, oh no, what's about to happen? I gotta stay awake or I start pacing the room instead of laying down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh good. Oh, I'm so I'm I'm ready because you know and when I started reading it and I started reading about that, that tranquil world, I thought, you know, that is such, that's a great idea because like, if I, if I run into somebody and they're negative, I will literally be like, nope, <laughs> I will walk well. Like I don't deal with negativity. I mean, there's, you know, I, I deal with depression. I have depression and anxiety and stuff. But I don't allow it to, you know, I, I have my Zen space. I don't go outside the house very much. I hardly ever go outside the house. So I can relate to this book in so many levels because I try to create my tranquil world. So when I'm reading it, I'm like <laughs> looking at my Apple Watch. I'm like, where's my alt? What's my alt today? <laughs> but I've had so much fun just just reading it and learning about this world. And I love when people create alternate worlds in these, you know, like I, I was saying, this book reminds me of Hunger Games meets Divergent in, in, a, in a way, because it's, it's nice to see what people's minds create, how the future could be, how we could be in a different type of societal structure. Uh, because you know, I mean, if you look Waterworld and you look Mad Max, all those movies of the, the past, you know, back when I was growing up and what I would watch, um, you know, society has changed in so many different ways. So when, when someone creates, you know, a whole different book and, and a societal structure, it's so interesting to me. And I love reading it. Uh, it it's really, it's really good, Tanya. It really is that. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm so glad. You know, the dystopian genre, what's so crazy about it is it's just a few clicks away from, from the reality in which we live. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so fun about writing that kind of stuff, you know, because I, I to be honest with you, I was just blown away not too long ago there are two devices out on the market right now one of them is called an amazon halo and the amazon halo it listens to what you say and it decides how you feel um based on the tone of your voice and it gives you that kind of feedback so I'm like, okay, I didn't know about that, of course, when I wrote this book, but I was completely blown away. And then there's another little wrist device. I forget what it's called, but you know, you're supposed to use it so that you can monitor your own feelings. You click a blue button if you're sad and a yellow button if you're happy. And it, and it goes into your phone and it lets your employer know 
whether or not you're happy or you're not happy. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is just, it's so close to what I created that it, it is, it is mind blowing, right? Yeah, I didn't know about those products. I haven't heard about those products, but I mean, I quite often, even if I'm angry, I, la I laugh through my words. So they would think I was just happy all the time. So I would totally pull <laughs> that device. I'd be like, oh, you're so funny, but I'm totally raging inside. <laughs> but you see, the alt would know, the alt, <laughs> the alt would pick up your real feelings. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm excited uh, to go back and read because I'm at this pivotal moment. I told you which, which moment that is. So I can't tell the viewers because it's a little bit further than what you gave us and I don't want any spoilers. They're gonna have to go and read it themselves. But let me ask you this, if you had one piece of advice that you would give somebody when it comes to writing um, in the author world, whether they're indie or traditional published or, you know, wanting to set out when they're young or starting a second career like you have, what would, whatever would be just one piece of advice you would give to somebody? You have to be persistent. I, there, there is persistence in every strand of this endeavor from being disciplined to, you know, in, in terms of the time you put away for writing, you know, you have to be able to say, no, this is sacred. This is my time. So that, you know, the persistence in getting the word out, the persistence in marketing, um, the persistence in believing in your product and what it is that you really want people to understand about you know, this world that you're creating, persistence is such a huge part of it. Um, and honestly, you know, there were many times when I was writing Rising Up that I thought this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I, I don't think I can do this. I think I have to quit. And then I have to, I'd have to remember, you know, I always told my students, when it gets hard, you can't just quit. When it gets hard, you have to just keep going. You have to put your nose to that grindstone and you don't give up no matter what, or you will not accomplish your dreams. So there was no way that I could just, you know, say, oh, well, because I would have been the biggest hypocrite in the world. So that's what allowed me that persistence and that drive um, is what allowed me to finish um, writing that book and allows me still to continue in this process. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people give up before they come into their own greatness. And, and I, and I wish they wouldn't do that because they know the world never knows what they're missing out on until they miss out on it. Right. So I love that you said that persistence does pay off. So along your journey, I know there's been some people that have been your champions and the people that have stood beside you. So do you have any shout outs that you want to give to those folks that, that have been there and that have helped you along your journey? Yeah, um, I have a writer's group. We meet um, twice a month. They are amazing people. They're all writers like me, beginners, but we all collaborate and critique each other's stuff. So the Escondido Writers Group, they're just huge. I couldn't have done it without them. My family, of course, who helps me with ideas um, and keeps me going. Um, my school, okay, the people that I used to uh, work with, those teachers have been so super supportive. Uh, my beta readers have come from the school. It's just been um, so great to 
to know that they have my back and that they are my cheerleaders um, over there. And so, yeah, so those are my, my, big, my big shout outs to those people. That's awesome. I'm glad that you have that network. Um, having that network really concretes you into pushing forward and, and believing in yourself. And that's an amazing, amazing network. So that's, that's awesome. Ta Tanya, I'm so glad that you came on the porch tonight. I'm glad that I am reading your book and discovering this beautiful world of tranquility that you have created, because I believe that it is my world that I need to be in. So thank you so much for coming on the porch, writing this beautiful piece of work and continuing along your journey and sharing your journey with us tonight. Um, guys, we're gonna be back here on Thursday for the Bombshell Book Review. Uh, we are reading Swipe to Love. Also, we have rolled out blog interviews on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. So go on, follow us on our website, www.theauthorsporch.com. Follow our blog. You never know what amazing book you're going to pick up and find your favorite author. I am finding some amazing people every single day. I'm reading so many amazing books. So go and follow our blog so you can uh, check out the authors that we're interviewing on our blog as well as having our weekly show. So we're bringing you three new author authors every single week. Uh, but before we end the show, I want to turn it over to Tanya. If you have any parting words before we, we head out for the night. Um, well, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. It has just been such a blast and such a pleasure. And, um, and yeah, get my book because I think you will love it. The sequel is coming out. Um, I think it's going to be June 7th. I'm trying to hit that target. And it is a blow your mind kind of book so so yeah so i'm really really excited about that well definitely let us know here on the author's porch when a new book comes out we want to get that on our newsletter get it out to all of our viewers get it out on our blog all that information because we we love what you do over there tanya and we are blessed to have you as one of the authors on the porch and we are going to head out for tonight but we will definitely keep in touch and we would love for you to let us be a part of your journey as you continue to write Absolutely. I will be there. Thanks. Awesome, Tanya. Thanks for uh, thanks again for coming on and we will bid you farewell. Bye. Bye. Good night. Have a good, good night. night.